project really well. Hi, everybody. Yeah. We're going to get started. Um, thank you for coming out to this panel, uh, How Geeks Survived the Pandemic. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We're, we're here. Yeah, we're, we're here. We're here. We're here. Uh, I feel like we're going to be talking about this for decades. They're going to scientists are going to be processing it and think, figuring out what happened. But yeah, we're here, and I think we all we've got smiles on our faces too. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, I'm Philip Kelly. I'm moderating the moderating the panel. Uh, I'm an actor, a screenwriter. I do some podcasting stuff. So I'm happy to be here with these five amazing panelists, um, who I only just met as well. Uh, but so far, I like them. Um, I think you will too. Give it some time. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to deep dive into how you know we as geeks survived, uh, or they survived during the lockdown of COVID-19. Uh, we'll get into what some of us have gone through and stories of encouragement. Um, as for you, you'll also have a part in this if you would like. Uh, at the end, we'd love to hear your stories of perseverance and any questions you may have for our panelists will happen uh, at the end as well. Um, so again, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to meet these lovely people now. Um, he works in the film industry as a visual effects manager, uh, happy promotion, and has Thank worked you. on such films as Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Power Rangers, and Free Guides, to name a few. Please welcome Michael Armstrong. Uh, next, he's known for his career in filmmaking as a director and a writer. He has actually recently made buzz over the internet and in the news with his two-hour cut of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Patterson cut. Uh, please welcome uh, Kai Patterson. All the way down um, next, he is known for being the host of Retro Game Night and Making a Geek podcast, and also has hosts and also has uh, hosted many other events such as the LA Fashion Week. In this case, he's my boss. Um, <laughs> please welcome Damian DiCarlo. Uh, next, she is an actor best known for her roles. In, in, right? Which one is that? Um, uh, in NCIS and Grey's Anatomy, to name a few. She is also the host of the podcast. The Theme Park Cats, which I love that title, by the way. Thank you. Which explores adventures at various theme parks. Please welcome Jessica Gardner. <laughs> Certainly, last but not least, he is on the podcast Retro Game, which explores retro gaming and how it affects the modern gaming industry as we know it. Please welcome Earl Larson. <laughs> and oh my gosh, uh, the pandemic, huh? Uh, no doubt, for some of us, it may have been like an extended, like worst period of time that many of us have been through. I know it was for me. Um, worrying about sickness and everything shutting down, canceled Comic Cons where we convened to be nerds together. Um, so we're gonna get uh, your experiences, to each of you. Um, but first I'd like to get to know a little more about kind of who you are uh, coming into the pandemic, you know, so we kind of know how your life was totally screwed up uh, once, once a bit. Uh, um, now Damien, you have two podcasts. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, those. Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, so I have two different podcasts. Currently, I host Retro Game Night, which uh, basically goes into the gaming industry and how the old retro games go and affect modern gaming uh, as we know it today. Uh, you can't have Call of Duty without a game called Contra back in 1986. So. Games like that we review and how it affects directly to games now. And then Making a Geek, I uh, host that where we go into pop culture. It could be movies, comics, uh, you know, uh, other podcast guests such as Jessica. Uh, and we, we go into anything. We even geek out about like uh, on the show people that make beer breweries and, and winemakers. So pretty much geek out about anything. All right, cool. Very cool. Thank you, Damien. Welcome to your own panel. Um, uh, Jessica, uh, uh, for, about your podcast, I already said I love the name. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit about that, a little bit about your acting career. And I, I guess just uh, in general, like if there were any challenges for you as a female in the geek world, uh, being you know a very sp specific <laughs> perspective up here. Yeah. Um, and I, I hear you're also uh, a Disney adult, and you have yeah. to deal with that hate maybe. Are there haters that, that For come sure. Oh, oh, tons yeah. of them, of course. Um, yeah, hi, Jessica, actor, uh, acting community, all the auditions, everything really shut down, obviously, as we know, as did everything else. I was also, for the first time ever, producing a musical that was really near and dear to my heart. I raised money for it for two years. We opened March 5th, 2020. So I went to an extremely deep depression, and so acting, gone, theater, gone, theme parks, which I podcast about, 
closed. <laughs> so, Disney can't go. Uh, like literally all of my outlets, everything re really shut down. Um, and But we kept the podcast going as much as we could, um, talking about uh, theme parks, all from a very like helpful, positive perspective. Obviously, with being a Disney adult, anybody else who is a Disney fan knows that it takes a lot of planning. And so that's why Disney travel agents exist. That's why Disney podcasts exist, to try to help. In um, the big thing that happened was I really was just trying to, as we, I think we all did, just try to focus on what you can control and what you can do. Yeah. And in July, I put out my first TikTok about how to use the Disneyland Kennel Club. If you have a dog and you want to spend the day at Disney, it blew up. And so TikTok sort of became my focus. And I'm like, I'm doing okay. I'm having fun on the theme park ads on TikTok. Yeah. From that, people invited me to be on their podcasts, including um, because I also am a huge coaster fan, roller coasters, the American coaster enthusiasts. And now, as of three months ago, I'm now the new co-host, the first female co-host of the ACE, American Coaster Enthusiasts, Ride With Us podcast, which nice. has been so amazing. I just got flown to Orlando. I'm like going, and now that the theme parks are back open, I'm, I'm literally getting invited to theme parks around the world yeah. and getting to cover those. And I kind of created this not to toot my own horn but i mean that's but i but i say that in terms of like encouraging that like this is the time that we currently live in that if you're a nerd a fan a geek about anything and you throw some heart into it and me i happen to be good on camera so i put myself on camera and people related to it and liked it and it's just like I, and now I have this fun life now that things are back and acting is back and <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. Um, and yeah, being a female is always hard. Uh, being like a Star Wars fan and a geek growing up in the geek community, it's funny, I felt like I'd almost trained to now also go into the coaster community where there are very few females. <laughs> this is, I feel like they could really learn from the male geek community here at Comic-Con that has like grown leaps and bounds and, and bringing females in over the last 20 years. Uh, the coaster community is not there yet. And so I'm any any females out there who are in the roller coasters, <laughs> sign up for the American Coaster Enthusiasts, <laughs> come hang out with us. I'm like trying to feature females in this community and get them boosted up so it's not just a bunch of you know, straight white nerd males. No offense to you guys, but like we need—it's—it's yeah. it's everywhere yeah. though. Yeah. But I felt like trained for it coming yeah. from Fantastic. my childhood. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, yeah, we'll dig into that more in a minute. Actually, all of that. Um, uh, and uh, Michael, we're going to jump to you next. Tell us a little bit about your career in visual effects. You just got a new promotion, which is awesome. What, what have you? Thank you. Yeah. What have you worked on? What have you done? What is all this about for you? I'm not sure if this thing's even working. Uh, uh, well, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I uh, studied computer animation in school. Like you know, like most kids, went into school with like zero knowledge or any idea of what I was going to do with my life or career or anything like that. Just was looking to have fun at first, but uh, eventually reality set in. It was like, oh, I'm going to need to figure something out. And um, yeah, when the first Iron Man movie came out, I was watching like the behind the scenes and saw how they made the the suit and kind of that was my first exposure to visual effects and came to realize that there was a whole industry there that um, was something I was super interested in. And so that's what I ended up studying in, in school and got my degree in and then uh, spent some time after school trying to do the artistic side of things. Wasn't really gaining a lot of traction on that and found my way into production. So for the last six years, I've been working as a visual effects production coordinator up until last year where I got moved up to the manager role and made a switch from the, um, like in the visual effects world, there's vendors who actually generate the visual effects and then the studios obviously who hire them on to uh, complete the, the movies and projects that they do. So I recently made that transition as well, but up until last year, yeah, working at a company for visual effects as a coordinator and so I worked on Power Rangers, Tomb Raider, Aquaman, the first Justice League, <laughs> and then also Snyder Cut, so that was fun because I got a shot of redemption. Cause it's I, met with some laughter, I'm sure, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, that was a fun uh, little transition. Yeah, that made 2020 even more interesting. But yeah, so I got to work on a lot of fun projects, um, but yeah, the thing that um, kind of kept me in the production side of things was like as an artist, you're kind of limited to this is your task, do this, and you'll get notes, but like you're just focused on like one thing, whereas within the production world you're you get the bigger picture and you're part of like the process as a whole and i found that more intriguing so yeah i um have been lucky enough to keep going and i was fortunate enough to keep working through the pandemic 
working longer hours than I would have preferred, <laughs> even though it was from home, it still sucked. Um, but yeah, it's been a, a fun ride. And so yeah, uh, just last year I made the transition to the uh, studio side thing. So I got a job with HBO as of the end of last year. So that was a nice little way to finish 2021. And uh, just started a job with Lionsgate a few months ago and working on the feature for them now. So yeah, it took a, took a little while, but uh, yeah, things are definitely working out and definitely getting into a groove thing, um, these days. And I'm super excited to share when I'm able to share more details about the project <laughs> I'm currently working on. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be a big, uh, a big spectacle when it comes out. So keep your eye out for the trailers coming from Lionsgate in the uh, coming months. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and, and if anybody forgets the year we're in or the year that it's come up, <laughs> you know, this is the, the panel that you can forget. We will forgive you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, there, um, there was a moment there. Um, Kai, hey, yes. hey, way down there, Kai. How are you doing? Um, okay. So uh, I want to ask you uh, about your film career, like uh, um, kind of what uh, what you what exactly you do, what you know uh, aspects of that you uh, love doing, and also you know this uh, Obi Wan uh, Patterson cut, uh, yes. how that all came from your. I guess love of Star Wars and film. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm a filmmaker, um, and I'm also more of a TikTok person. So being up on a stage is very nerve-wracking. <laughs> so, um, but I, yeah, I, I'm a filmmaker. It started when I was born, and uh, I always loved uh, movies. And then the pandemic hit, and I was about to shoot a short film, uh, and then that had to be postponed. And then I got a full-time job uh, at a podcast and then uh, I left that job after like a year and a half-ish because um, I knew that like it was in the self-help space so I knew it wasn't like furthering my career in film mm -hmm. uh, and then I you know I'm a huge fan of Star Wars and as we were watching my girlfriend's in the audience here so my girlfriend and I would be watching it and uh, Obi-Wan came out and there was just stuff that felt easily fixable and I, I still like appreciate all the work that was done on it but there were things as a Star Wars fan that I thought I could you know fix with my editing skills and then I, I did it in like a week and just and for fun. yeah just for fun just, like at home. <laughs> just to see it yeah just to see my version of it and then I posted on TikTok and asked if anybody wanted to see it and then that blew up and it got like millions of views and people were like, yes, well, we want to see this, we want to see this. Like a lot of people had the same uh, problems with the show that I did. And so like it blew up and then like Variety and IGN and hmm. Screen Rant, like everyone was writing about me and people were tagging me and they were like, this is going on. I was like, I, I, I didn't know anything about this. Like I didn't know anyone was going to be writing about me. Uh, and yeah, so that all blew up. and. It's been a, an amazing journey though, like meeting all the people that I got to meet and like being here right now, like it's, it's amazing. And I think being embraced by the Star Wars community too has just been incredible because I'm a huge fanboy, so I love that. Yeah, yeah. Have you been contacted by anybody from Lucasfilm saying like, hey, hey? Uh, no, no. Okay, that's nobody. Good. And I don't think I will. I have gotten contacted by people that like worked on the show. Okay. Um, and a lot of people who, are in the Star Wars space know about it, but no, nothing legally yet. Okay, well, that's well, yeah. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. Hopefully not. That's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I was waiting for that. Earl, hi. Hi. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, a retro game night and your part in it, and, and kind of what what you brought, what brought you there and into well, it. Well, through the pandemic, this is something new for me. Uh, I work in mortgage finance, right? So, okay. you know, being in that big industry, it's it's different from everybody on here on the panel, which, you know, I'm trying to kind of like, okay, how did I get involved? And, you know, meeting this guy, Damien DiCarlo, he was he was talking to me and he was like, hey, you know what, you seem like a really good, you know, person, you, you, you're well-spoken, um, what do you do? And he asked me what about what I did. Um, and it was, you know, more in leadership, how I could present myself and how I speak with someone, and he goes, did you ever play video games when you were a kid? And I'm like, what kind of question is that? You know, like, who hasn't played video games when you were a kid? So that was me. And I was like, yeah, of course. He goes, well, I have a podcast and would love if you would join me in this podcast journey. And I'm like, okay, let's, 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 let's try this out. You know, I had nothing to lose. Again, it's, you know, through the pandemic where things were happening and I would, would rather, um, would just try something new. So it was just that. So now playing these video games and lock these, 
past memories of just uh, how you felt as a kid and just enjoying these things and just growing up and it just made you had a it made me have a different perspective on how things are developed now especially with the gaming uh, industry and learning about all the stuff and you know would play with my brothers and you know my my cousins and we would you know always go back to video games and like what's home and what's always great about it but uh, leading into this podcast now opened a new world for me and again being up here on this panel with uh, these great individuals very talented individuals is very honoring and you know we could go more into later on I guess in the questions <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah that's how I am now part of this uh, panel and what I do with uh, this uh, retro game night which is very exciting and you know we have a lot more to come uh, throughout the at least this next year coming up so we're excited about it awesome Awesome. Very cool. I know uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 still makes my palms sweat, so I'm very much a retro gamer. Um, all right. During the lockdown, uh, we all had a lot of time on our hands, obviously. Uh, for my part, I needed human interaction. I needed to be keeping myself constantly busy, uh, almost in a way to avoid going crazy, like actively doing that. Um, so I'm curious, what did each of you do to mentally survive? Did you uh, binge any shows, read anything that allowed you to better deal with what was happening, um, like on an emotional or intellectual level, or was it all uh, escape and disassociation from what was going on? Um, and how did being a geek specifically help prepare you to handle the lockdown? Uh, was it, I guess, essentially easy to still be a geek uh, and with other geeks? How did you handle that? Uh, we'll just start on this side and work our way down, I suppose. Uh, Michael. Okay. Uh, there we go. Um, so yeah, the pandemic. Uh, for me in particular, it was an uh, uh, interesting time. I had actually just made a move for work to Montreal, Canada in February 2020 with the expectation and hope that this was going to be the start of wonderful things and all that kind of jazz. Um, but obviously that changed six weeks later. But yeah, so um, yeah, it was particularly challenging for me. Um, I was in a new country where they spoke French, everything was in metric, and everything that they told me made no sense. So it was very, very bizarre. Um, but what I did to get by was, yeah, I, I actually, um, since I had just made the move, left a bunch of stuff back in here in California uh, with the expectation I was gonna go back home. So was all right. broke things. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think I touched anything, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I had to reach out to my parents and like, hey, can you send me my game console, like something <laughs> to help me pass the time? So they, they shipped me my, um, my uh, PlayStation from, uh, from back home. So I, was, I got back into video games and um, also to help pass the time. I'm not sure if anyone's aware, but Montreal had some of the strictest COVID restrictions in like all of Canada. Everything was closed the entire time I was there, which was obviously a bummer. So if I wanted to eat, I had to cook. So <laughs> culinary became a new passion of mine, which wasn't a previous skill, but I'd like to think I can cook now a little bit more uh, fastly than before. And um, also within the whole effort of cooking, um, gyms obviously were closed as well. So I, I got a, uh, a app for fitness. So starting like in the summer of 2020 while everything was uh, really at the height of everything, I got into this routine of eating and, and exercising and uh, luckily I had my dog with me while I was in Canada, otherwise I really would have lost my mind. Um, so yeah, I was walking, exercising and um, managed to lose a bunch of weight while I was there and, and um, yeah, and I was working the whole time. So that kept me busy for the most part, but the, the walking, exercising, and um, just interacting with my dog and video games was how I was able to kind of stay sane. And lost it a little bit, but you know, I, I like to think I'm doing okay now. <laughs> March through July of 2020 was full on grief for me. Um, I j threw myself into making masks for people just to like do something to keep busy and clear my brain. 
Once I put out that first TikTok though, and it did well after we had worked so hard on our podcast and like we were kind of struggling on Instagram to like get a follow here. And then like literally one video, 600 something thousand views off of one video. And I was like, let's learn this. And so I spent a lot of the pandemic learning TikTok. And honestly, I'm a big TikTok fan, obviously. And I spent a lot of time on there. And it's I feel like it's a good community. I understand some of the negativity about it. But for me, it was really positive. And if it seems overwhelming to you, I'm telling you just like, Keep trying, putting videos out there, trying to edit, finding the right editing for you and like what your voice is. Um, then I also started going to, as the theme parks were slowly opening up, I don't know if anybody remembers, they would do like Knott's Berry Farm, did like Taste of Mary Farm, where they you could go into the park and just go to the booths and like try different foods, but you couldn't get on any of the rides. You had to wear a mask when you weren't eating. You couldn't talk to anybody. It was so, I'm... Uh, I'm in a Geico commercial where I joke about being introverted. So it's really funny because I am a full extrovert. And it was really hard not to be in contact with other people and be able to, to have that. Um, but for me, being able to go to the parks and being like, hey, when I as I start to come out of this, I think this is going to be just, I'm going to really throw myself into how theme parks do what they do and like the social, like the, the and why, why they have to do things the way they do. And I just really threw myself into that and learned. So I'd basically say, depression and then learned a skill <laughs> and started thinking about how you know what if I just sort of like grow as um, in this theme park world as they're growing and coming back and it worked for me so awesome. yeah acting I couldn't do anything I was, I was just I know, about right? to say it, the I acting know. part yeah the monologues in my yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah with my uh, experience with the lockdown it was actually uh, not to get too dark. Um, I, I, went, I was just went through a divorce during that time, so I just moved out and I was alone, um, living alone. But uh, and I, we had dog, but I didn't have the dog any longer. So, uh, so I was truly alone. But it, a lot of it was just me trying to make the best of the situation. So I tried going out with either those that uh, were obviously masked and safe, and um, we got together either to do whatever just to get our minds off of it. So I tried to do that. I tried to get. Um, involved with those in the community that were professionally involved with trying to get their business up and running again during the pandemic uh, where we lived was, um, or I, I should say me, where I lived in was in Ventura County, not too far from LA County, but they were a little more loose as far as the, um, the pandemic and the restrictions. So we had a few different pubs, different bars that were open. Uh, I just befriended some of those uh, owners and tried to see if I could help them. So I started hashtagging save your local businesses, get out there, to get to go orders. And then I became more of a podcast guy that was trying to start up something after um, the, the last one, the uh, the retro game night one. I had other co-hosts that just say basically deserted the podcast. So I just ended up doing my own thing. And I had Jessica on for my first guest, but I ended up doing this over Zoom and just try to you know, keep sane with a project and a lot of binging on Star Wars. That was like a big thing, which is so funny mm -hmm. that just, because I always loved Star Wars, but that was like my marking of, I really got into it during the pandemic mm -hmm. as far as the shows and the movies, so. Um, did you make your way through the cartoons as well? I, I, yeah, like yeah, I, I definitely you. did. I didn't get good through all of you. it though. Yeah, it was a really good time to be able to say, well, I mean, here I am with all this time, you know, let me uh, geek out. And it was relatively easy to geek out as a, Geek. I realized how much of a geek I was during the pandemic. Sure. But I, I too, like you, Jessica, was an extrovert. So for me, it's, it's, it wasn't easy to not go out. But I, I made it, I made it the best I could to be, you know, at home, mm -hmm. in, uh, in my safe place as a geek. So there was always that. I have to toot your horn too, because yeah. Ashley and I, are my podcast host, we had put together a list of what happened to all of the cast members, like an Excel sheet of all of the Etsy shops and crafting things that those people were doing. And you helped us promote that. And thanks. And I think a lot of people were able to make some money even though they'd lost their jobs in the theme park world. Gotta throw out the love with the geeks. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how it goes. It's too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's definitely great. You know, it's, it's interesting. Through the pandemic, uh, being a leader for a large corporation, I had to help deploy uh, hundreds of people to working from home environment people that are used to being in the office. And that was a struggle in itself because not only did you try to have to do something new and help people, you know, for, for those, if you're in the movie industry, you're in a point where you're like, well, now I can't go on movie sets. For someone that's used to going into a corporate office, you can't go into your office. And then, you know, what's the next steps of how you're gonna transition and be successful? So those are the ideas and those were the things that were coming up when I had to help 
people grow and help, you know, especially this company be successful. So things that we didn't know what to do, we were experiencing things. And I remember, you know, this is already almost three years ago, uh, March 2020, uh, you know, we all went to the office one day and, you know, the leaders all got on uh, a call and we're like, hey, we have to start sending people home. And we're just like, what? Like everybody? And they're like, everybody. And, you know, what do you do? You know, so we had to set up a kiosk stand and people were checking out with their computer equipment and it, it was just that, you know, and it was weird. The day was raining and people were like trying to go out the office with their own computer equipment and it was just such a different perspective. You being an employee or me as an employee, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm working from home. I could see some benefit in that. Like, you know, you could spend more time with your family. There's a lot of things to do. Now you don't have the time about commute, which now transitions into my personal life because with that said, now I'm able to experience new things. Yes, I'm involved in, a, in, in working in this company that I'm with now, still currently, and they're doing great. And, you know, but to go through this as a leader and have to watch and kind of work with other leaders in, in this uh, organization to see what works, because not everybody wanted to work from home and not everybody's capable for working from home, but it's not their fault. You know, so you had to look at it in a certain angle to say, how can you benefit them? What tools can you give to this associate or this employee where they could still succeed? Whether you're working with your other lines of business to make sure and say, hey, you know what, I think they're better suited for this, let's say, call center task, or let's say they're better suited for this processing task where they can do it and function successfully. Because sometimes they need that peer-to-peer close networking where they can say, cool, hey, show me how to do this. And it was one thing where, Again, working from home, the whole pandemic, it's isolation. You're by yourself. You're trying to do things on the fly. You're learning these things, and you're your own IT person. You're your own, you know, whatever it takes. This is just you. You could call someone, but they're not going to show you the skills and maybe the ideas that you want or you're used to seeing because you're now just on a phone or you're on a Zoom call. But again, those are the new technologies that we've kind of adapted. You know, now there's these Zoom meetings, you're doing all this stuff and you're learning all of these things. But with that said, going into the geek culture, it's just that learning different things, giving yourself the time now to expand. And again, playing video games was that. I didn't have to commute now. I had extra time, 30 (laughs) minutes a day to just turn on the console and start playing. So, you know, there's that side of it too, which which is awesome. But yeah, that's a lot of things that we had to also go through. Yeah, unlike some of these people, I am an introvert. Uh, so I actually found found myself uh, like I don't know. I guess going more into myself uh, and like I, I think the pa- the pandemic was good and bad for like my mental health because it was good that like. Now I can I have like an easy out for everything. I'm like, oh, I can't do that because the world is on fire. So, um, but uh, I also I think let that affect me too much to the point where I was like, like I, I need to see people. Like I and I love my girlfriend, but like just us two doing Mario Kart every day all day. It's like it's tough. Um, now and I think the first thing that I really missed was the movies. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I have always loved the movies, and for for the movies to be taken away was just really tough. Because it's that it's that experience in the theaters that that really gets me going, and 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 yeah. losing that was tough. And then um, I, I think I, I I went more into my artistic nature because uh, we had more time, and I ended up being able to work on a lot of things that I hadn't been able to work on. So I think that one, that was pretty great. But uh, in terms of like, man, just like what happened in general, I I feel like it was, it's like so both sides because there was so many good things that happened because of the pandemic in terms of like what we were able to accomplish, like just technology moved forward so quickly too because it had to. Um, and everyone was evolving, and it did show me how quickly people can evolve uh, to do cooler things too. Um, but uh, definitely, the social part of things was really tough. Uh, I thought that I didn't need as much social, but even as an introvert, I'm like, I need to see people. So I love seeing all these faces, and, and going to Comic Con is crazy because you see so many people. And right. as scary as that is, um, I also love it. I, I love to see everybody. So yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no, it's, uh, I, I ended up uh, 
basically for a long time disassociating myself. I wouldn't watch my like really dark Swedish movies anymore. I was like, I can't, I can't go down that path right now. I went through like all my like early 90s childhood movies that were really like, you know, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I watched that whole sort of 12 to 13 age just to connect with who I was again. Um, I played a lot of, I was running like three D&D games <laughs> online uh, just nice. to connect with people. But there's something missing, like you still miss that real connectivity that you can get in a room with people like this. And I have to say, my first time back at the movie theater, I cried. I was like, oh God, a movie, <laughs> not at my computer. Uh, or, you know, I, thankfully I have a projection. What was the movie? Uh, I think it was Cruella. Oh. I think I, yeah, like once the, the credits started rolling, I was like, <laughs> crying during Cruella. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. I'm not going to take any shit about that. Um, um, one, th one other thing I did, though, I spent the first four months uh, looking over every mountaintop and every cave of Breath of the Wild. Like, I don't think there's an inch of that I haven't uh, gone through. Is there any game that kept you specifically busy? Uh, during the, I heard Mario Kart at the yeah, end. Yeah, Mario Kart for sure. Actually, my girlfriend like had been saying that we needed to get a Switch for so long, <laughs> That's a good and I was just to. like, okay, yeah. and we got it. And I had never played Mario Kart in my life. Yeah. And she started teaching me, and then like about a week into it, she said, "I wish I never taught you this because now yeah. you win every single yeah. time." Yeah, you're about to break up, right? Uh, yeah. That was about to happen. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. I Surprisingly, I have a gaming podcast, and I didn't really do that much that much gaming. But I, I did just, like you. I revisited stuff from my childhood, so I I did do like the retro old games. I'm like, ah, oh, it's yeah. been a bit, you know. So I I put it on, and that was more like my way to unwind. I felt like getting into a brand new campaign of a game or something. I, I had more that I wanted to reach out for and try to take advantage of the time that uh, there was a shutdown and some things were opening. So that's where I was connecting with, uh, you know, businesses and trying to either be proactive with getting uh, one of our podcast shows there or something. So I actually didn't spend as much time alone at home. I tried really hard to get out. I did some hiking alone. I did, uh, I, I, it was hard for me to do that because it's just, I'd rather be extroverted where I'm out like at the party or <laughs> somewhere where there's some people, but this was my way to reconnect by going out in my own way. So not too much gaming, unfortunately, but I would say retro games was my thing. Yeah, I think specifically for me, I do have a six-year-old daughter and a two-year-old daughter, um, but was getting the Xbox and being able to download these new games and play it with her and see, you know, even old Tetris or Pac-Man and used to tell her like, hey, this is the game dad used to play too. And she was like, oh, you know what, this is exciting. Like, just to see and enjoy these times through her eyes and just mm. like seeing how she reacts to these video games and playing and she's like I said I used to play that when you were you know when I was just your age too she goes you did was it was it hard or was it easy did you like the game like were you struggling on these things and you know just with that like she just has a world of you know questions as a you know bright young kid would have and it's just these random questions you're just like well did it take you forever to beat the game because i'm stuck on this level and i would you know we play these disney games which is like aladdin and there are those hard scenes or hard uh stages and you just get through it and you know like here i'll help you and let's get through it and it's yeah those i think were a lot of the important things that i remember through the pandemic was just playing the games through with my kids through their eyes i think that was That's really cool yeah. Mine was code names. Every Saturday night, I had a friend group that got together. We tried everything that you could try over Zoom. Karaoke didn't work. <laughs> Did everybody try that? Did not work. We tried Jackbox games. Supposed to sync up. Didn't sync up enough. Didn't work for me. Code names. Have you ever tried to play that? So we'd have Zoom on one, and then you have to open code names on the other. I actually weirdly like want to call them and put it together. I miss playing. I played, we played so much. We had the two teams. It's a great if you've not played it with a group of friends if you have online people or people around the world that's a great that's really fun uh, well yeah so when my PlayStation finally did arrive thank god <laughs> I, I made sure to make it very clear bubble wrap excessively I don't want any chances we're talking international travel here let's roll the dice but yeah when it did finally arrive uh, that was when I was uh, introduced to the concept that you could actually digitally download stuff you didn't have to go to mm -hmm. stores thank god and so uh, I usually play just Call of Duty, first-person shooter, just keep it simple. But uh, yeah, I am a little bit more reluctant to do the uh, story game modes for um, um, more of the game. So I, I played like uh, Star Wars Fallen, um, Fallen Order, was that Fallen it? Order, 
Fall in Order. And um, so, yeah, struggled on that. But yeah, so I ended up playing a few games. So that and, um, and Spider-Man and, um, and then yeah, I binged some like network, uh, Netflix shows. But uh, yeah, it was uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> video game downloads and just burning through those. And yeah, that definitely helped pass the time. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna dig in a little bit now to each specific experience that you had. So if you feel like crying, it's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, right? Uh, no, uh, Michael, you continued your visual effects work, right? Uh, in, during the pandemic, and I actually have a roommate that uh, does like trailer work, and he was working what it felt like 20-hour days. You know, kind of. You said you were working a lot of hours. Um, did you find? And you were living in another country, which of course is a whole other sort of like separation from things around you and not, you know what I mean? Um, was there any way that you approached, did you have to eventually like schedule like and really keep a schedule for yourself? Um, how did you manage your time there? How did you manage your sanity during that? Um, did, did anything change for you in how you approached your work? Yeah, kind of a loaded question there. Um, I mean, not as far as how I approach my work, but yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, uh, as far as when I first got there, you know, everything was different, new country, and um, I didn't really have much in the way of um, a social network or any connections there with the expectation I was going to, you know, just naturally get to know my peers um, with the expectation I was going into the office. But yeah, um, once everything became full remote, the work hours were, uh, so I had transitioned from one show to another. I was wrapping up uh, Free Guy into like going at the beginning of summer and then transitioned over to the Snyder Cut of Justice League at that time. And that become, became a much more demanding um, show. But yeah, I did get into a routine. Like I mentioned, I had my dog with me. And so I like due to just her being there like that, responsibility on itself forced me to be on a schedule. And so, you know, I had a, I woke up at the same time every day. I did the same walk every day. And so that kind of kept the um, normality as far as things were concerned. But um, yeah, as far as work with visual effects, the closer you get to a delivery for any show, the hours just get more grueling and, and demanding. And it doesn't matter if you're working from home or in office, like you're, you're sitting at a desk regardless of how you want to justify it. And when we got close to the delivery of the Snyder Cut, which was just before like the holiday break, I was working 70, 80 hours a week just sitting in my apartment at a computer, just waiting for um, artists to get stuff done, reviews. And, and so the, the workflow, surprisingly, um, our, the company I was working for at the time actually had software already developed and created for virtual meetings because um, we had offices in multiple countries, cities. So they had this um, software called iLine that was already established within the company that we could have virtual meetings with multiple locations simultaneously and all you needed was a phone connection in order to hear one another. So when we did go to the remote work, we already had the technology available, they just had to order all the equipment for everybody. So surprisingly, the, the workflow itself didn't change all that much. But um, yeah, I mean, Again, thank God my dog was there, because otherwise I, I have no idea what would have happened. It was it was a very bizarre time. Like I said, just you know, not only was it a new country, spoke French. It snowed. It was just everything Snow. about it <laughs> was different. I, I oh the horror! Uh, you know what? You laugh all you want, man. I lived in California my entire life. I lived in LA my entire life, more specifically. I have to travel if I want to see snow. It doesn't happen just outside my window on a regular basis. So. It's a weird phenomenon. Were you ever snowed in? I, that wasn't an option. I had to take my dog out one way or another. <laughs> she loved it. She was, yeah, she loves the snow. So at least I learned that, I guess. I, I, when, when I said cry, I didn't think anybody would cry over snow. Well, or get close to it. Yeah, well, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Don't worry, I, I get you. I, yeah. I grew up in Hawaii. I didn't see snow till I was 13, and I hate snow. So <laughs> I got Actually, you. Actually, I like it. It's, it oh, was well, nice. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Until I actually had to go out and, and yeah. walk my dog, and yeah. then you know, opinion changed. But yeah, so the the workflow and everything wasn't um, wasn't too much different. But yeah, it's just like like everyone else is saying, just that 
that overall lack of just being able to socialize with people. And again, I, I didn't really know anybody, so like the few contacts I had within the office, I would try to, at the very least, um, do something. So every once in a while, people would meet up, like, or at least schedule to meet up, like at a park or something. That was like something that was considered acceptable or something you could do. So yeah, we, we did what we could, but um, yeah, it was just uh, a very bizarre time. And on top of that, like when I first got out there, I was in an employee, like they set me up with housing. So like I didn't have the setup or like any space or anything. So yeah, it was just bad timing all the way around. But I know uh, I was at least fortunate enough that I kept the job because when that initial transition was happening, like there was so many questions. It's like, I'm in a new country on a work visa. If they fire me, I can't legally stay in the country. Can I legally go back to the United States simultaneously? I don't know. Like, there was, they're doing these, uh, they were giving out money to those who had lost money. I'm not a Canadian citizen. Do I qualify? Like, I just had like so many questions. And so it was just like for a solid like, month there when that transition happened, I was just sitting there just like asking questions. And it was just uh, on hold, just like, well, you know, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. But uh, simultaneously, you're hearing everybody else just like, oh, yeah, they're letting me go. They're letting me go. And like my entire team was being let go. But mm -hmm. somehow I slid through the cracks and they decided to keep me on just so I could keep the production going, thankfully. So, uh, yeah, I was able to at least keep that aspect of my daily life going. Uh, it certainly helped to have some regularity, I have to say. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, Jessica, uh, with your the uh, the theme parkettes, uh, uh, you know, I started my one of my big things was starting a couple pod, a podcast during because I just needed human connection again and talk to people. Are you the sole sort of person on the podcast? Do you have other people? No, on? I'm a co-host. Oh, you're a co-host. Okay, yeah. great, fantastic. Um, so, how like with the parks closing, what did your focus become uh, doing the podcast and and did. Did doing the podcast or doing the TikTok stuff, did that help fill the role that you were missing or the, the, that sort of energy you get from acting? Because I get that Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yes, of course, when you're not acting, people always tell actors, well, create your own content, do something, just put something out there. And I was like, well, I'm not really a writer and I don't have like, you know, those type of skills and whatever. When my friend moved across the country, who was kind of like my Disney buddy, that was what got us to start the podcast. It was really just more of, this is really good conversation. I feel like other people would like it. She's a travel agent, and so she came from like the travel side. I'm an enthusiast, so I'm a nerd. And so like that was good. I also um, like collect a lot of like vintage park things, like from the openings of parks and things like that. So I would talk about that from time to time. But yeah, the same thing is that it, I also had it in the back of my head. Well, is this sort of doing acting by talking to people on a podcast? It's kind of improv and it's kind of voiceover. Although, who would hire me for voice? But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? It's something. Yeah. And then the TikTok, now I'm putting myself on camera. And it wasn't until, that. it's a really great question. What did we do when the parks went down and I'm doing theme park TikTok? Thankfully, I had years and years of things on my phone phone from taking pictures and video at parks. Um, I had years and years of experience, so I could just put myself on and answer people's questions. Um, a lot of people who are into parks are also into collecting things from parks, and so I would show my you know, collection and tell them stories about how what e-tickets were and, and things that they might not remember. And um, yeah, we basically, it, it, it comes from a love of just wanting to do it. Like, it's all of my fandoms all in one, really, being able to do it. But when the theme parks were opening back up slowly, there was definitely that question. In fact, I won't say which park, but a certain park invited me to come to one of their media events before I really felt comfortable with what they were doing. Um, I was mentioning Knott's did that really lovely taste of Mary Farm and everything was uh, set away from each other. Um, Six Flags did like a drive-through holiday event, which <laughs> I went to it. I covered it with a smile on my face. It's what we had, you know, to work with. But there's definitely, once you start to have, and not just during the pandemic, I think now too, once you start to have more followers and people who actually might listen to you or take your advice or saving your videos, you know, asking questions to your podcast is, what if there is something that you have to sort of make a call on of like, I don't actually know that I feel comfortable going to this park right now 
and I, in fact, I did get COVID from a park. I'll just be totally honest about that. I absolutely wore a mask the whole time. Still got COVID. I was vaxxed and everything. It just happened. So it was really rough, but I was, I felt like I was just like, well, I can only do what I can do. And there's not anybody else that can do more. But there was definitely points where I had to say no as well and just stick with like, hey, we're going to get there, everybody. And let's talk about where we're at right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. And that's okay. I think it's yeah. okay to talk to, you know, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be good at everything or perfect at editing yeah. to even just be trying to do something in any geeky industry that you love, you know? Just, just do what you can. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Why not? Whether you're good at it or bad, you'll get there. Like, you'll learn, and that's the point. It's growing from where yeah. you start. Yeah, absolutely. Growing and just, like, even if I wasn't getting paid for it, which I have gotten paid for it, I still would do it. Yeah. If I had, if I was a series regular on NCIS instead of just recurring, <laughs> I feel like I would still go to theme parks and make videos right. in my downtime. Right. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Damien. Uh, my boss for the day. Hi. Uh, hi. Um, so I'm told, uh, as in this question that you wrote here, uh, that you're a trivia. <laughs> that Out you of are, what you gave me. Uh, <laughs> you're a, a, a trivia master of sorts. Oh uh, yeah. No, no. I Modestly, actually knew, I knew yeah. about this. That you do a trivia. You do trivia nights and you do things like that. And, yes. Um, yes, I do. And I, I imagine during a pandemic. <laughs> did this start during the pandemic? Was it before? Was it after? Uh, um, it was. I'm, I am curious it was about during. That. Okay. So when did up happening? That was what I was saying. I, yeah. I, I tried to get out of the house as much as possible. Right. So if I went home, it was just me. Right. Me, my collectibles, and video games and movies. I'm just, I, I could only do it so much. So I tried to take advantage of any little bit of uplift in the lockdown mm -hmm. in Ventura County and made friends with a couple of new uh, businesses, which were, some of them were breweries that had just opened. They were really great and big. And um, I tried to help them out. I tried to, to just be there and I just was bored. I wanted to, you know, connect with people, even if it was with a mask. Yeah. Um, and then I started offering my services. I started saying, Hey, I mean, I, I do live podcasts. I've had, I've been known to do it at other places live and they're like, Oh, we can try to do that. We are only at 25%. We can do that of capacity. So I tried with that. And then I also then said, you know, well, if you're trying to get things back open up, um, I've always been partial to like trivia. I've always loved that. And that's part of my whole gaming thing. I love trivia stuff. And, I said I would be happy to host it since I'm used to being you know, on a microphone and all that. And so I started doing that. And then it became very popularized because people were wanting to come out. And you know, even if it was just 25% capacity, it was like people were so happy to be there. So I did my best to host it. And it was going well. And then they caught ear other places to then hire me. And they called me. So then I started making it a business. I'm like, OK, I guess it's going to be a, a thing now. So I started doing it at several places. Um, it was really great. I mean, the, my favorite place I've done, oh man, up to like maybe under 10, I want to say almost 10 venues. Uh, one particular place I do it now, Golden Nugget Pub in Simi Valley. Uh, if anyone's, oh. yep, one, one person, there you go. <laughs> uh, hands down my favorite place to do it at. It's uh -huh. one of those like you, you, you walk in and you're just waiting to hear someone yell Norm. Like it's just, you know, everyone's just, it's very cheers vibe, very, very familial. Um, that place kind of, grounded me again, even though that was after the pandemic, but well, maybe not after, but like, right, it was sort of getting better. And, and it just made it more, again, a reminder as to why I do what I do, which is either if it's trivia hosting or just podcasting, it's to really make people enjoy their time, you know, when I'm, whenever I can be there with them. Um, so I really enjoyed it, and yeah, and trivia, trivia master, yeah, I, I try to, I try to live up to that as much as I can, and try to give them like the best I can. I try to put in some pop culture stuff and some, you know, random stuff. I try to do it out of the ordinary from other trivia places I've been to, and try to make it. If it was fun for me, I'd want to do it the same way for them. So yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome, thank you, uh, Earl. Um, just with what you've been talking about already. Yeah. You, you felt like you went into this and stayed with this with like a full plate, huh. um, you know, yeah. managing what like it felt like a whole company of people having kids, um, which I know I, I know parents mm -hmm. during the pandemic were losing their effing minds. Yeah. Um, uh, so how did you how did you manage? How did you find, um, I guess, a s successful pattern or way to not that everything is going to be successful, but what did you like? What did you do to stay sane and to manage all this? Yeah, that, that's that's another loaded question here. It's a lot. <laughs> no, um, really, it was more about understanding what makes me happy, understanding what I needed to do, my mental health, 
uh, whether it was days where I needed to work out, days I needed to just have time by myself. Um, luckily enough, yes, I'm a single dad. I have my kids 50-50. Me and my ex-wife, we co-parent really well. So that also helped with my balance on making sure I was able to do the things that I needed to do. Um, so I can be successful in certain lights and wear all these certain hats and kind of, again, we're in a large panel here with very successful and really great minds. Um, and there is a, there's a structure to each and certain thing. Like there's no one, uh, whatever, one size fits all, you know, type of, you know, the way you're going to be successful. You have to follow this. I think you have to do more what about what you want to do for yourself. Know what makes you happy. Know what's going to make you succeed. Know what's going to make you uh, motivated, right? You don't want to go into, let's say, you know, a project and you're not fully vested in it because what you're going to get out of it is what you're going to expect because you're like, okay, well, I wasn't really into it. But if you're motivated about something, once you're learning about it, the beginning pieces, your preparation for it, it's a different outlook. It's a different mentality. You're looking at it by the time you're done with it, you're like, wow, that was so easy because it's just about the journey, how you got there. I think for me in this, I guess the bigger picture of it, how did I stay successful, oh, successful was getting to understand what makes, again, what makes me happy, what made me understand the, okay, I need to do these, I need to separate this time. And I also need to have time to also go out with my friends. Again, whether it's at the Golden Nugget, you know, hanging out. Um, you know, there's all those things that you had to do to just keep that balance. And there's no right or wrong. Um, again, being an extrovert or there are those days where I want to be an introvert too. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stay home and just Netflix today or Disney Plus today and just going to go ahead and watch the Patterson cut today and whatever it may be. But you have to do, at the end of the day, what makes you happy. And with that said, you know, it was just having to do those certain things and just keeping your focus on what you want to do and just make sure that, you know, there's things that are going to distract you, which is fine, but just keep your focus. And that's, for me, uh, what I think what helped that was uh, my, my two daughters and keeping the focus on what I needed to do. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Kai? Uh, yes. As a filmmaker, um, I, it sounds like you use TikTok. It sounds like you use TikTok a lot. Yeah. It? Kind yeah. Of, but, I mean, do you, you screenwrite? Do you other things like that yeah, as well? Yeah, I do. Basically, the only part of the filmmaking process I don't do myself is music. Okay, I'm cool. not musically talented at all. Yeah, so. yeah. So, I guess my question for you is when, when you came into this situation where suddenly, like, um, you're you're cut off from other filmmakers that might help you put something together, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. How did you find yourself approaching your filming, re, like reapproaching, kind of re-navigating all of your filmmaking goals during this time and, and so that you could at least feel like, or, or maybe you, know, you were moving forward, it sounds like, and making good connections out of this, yeah. which is great. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, I, um, as soon as the pandemic started, uh, one of my writing partners who um, lives in Hawaii, we decided that we wanted to write like uh, like a sci-fi show together. So I, I dove into writing because that's what you could do and you could still collaborate with people. And that's one of the things I love to do. I love collaborating with people. And so we uh, we like took turns. We almost did like improv writing where like we took turns writing an episode. We knew kind of where we wanted to go, but we like I wrote the first episode and then I sent that to him, he read it, and then he was like, okay, I'm writing the second episode, and we did that, and I gotta get in touch with him because we, we gotta finish that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was one thing, but honestly, um, TikTok was huge for collaboration, and uh, I think we're learning here that my girlfriend is a, a big reason why I'm on this stage right now, because she made me download TikTok. <laughs> she would send me like a million TikToks a day and just be like, here, look at them, they're on my text messages, and I'm like, I can't do this. And she's like, just download the app, it's easier to, and I was like, okay. And I started seeing these, um, these like, art TikToks where people would like, you know, they'd show the whole process of like their art, um, and you know, you'd get like little like there, you know, the camera would go in and it would be a brush stroke, and then at the end you'd see the whole, you know, beautiful painting that they did. And I was like, I kind of want to do a parody of that. Um, so I started doing these like animation TikToks where I would claim that the uh, the original artist, what you know, some kind of celebrity. I'd be like, oh, 
Ryan Reynolds reached out to me, here's my DMs, and I'm a visual effects artist too, so I like faked all these DMs and be like, look, I actually talked to these people. And yeah, the Derek Huff one, yeah, Derek Huff is awesome. Um, and yeah, and then, and then basically uh, as the you know, piece goes on, um, you get to the final reveal and it's a really awful animation. And, and mm -hmm. the audience is supposed to go like, I don't get it, how is this guy getting paid $20,000 for everything, <laughs> but it was all parody and, and that like blew up. Like my TikTok, I was getting like millions of views per TikTok and uh, that kind of like helped me get my creative outlet going and I was still at my full-time job too. So like everybody, we'd get on our, our weekly Zoom meeting and they'd be like, oh my God, you have millions of views. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> um, but I think the, the part that I, that I hated about it that like, I, which is why I eventually stopped was like real people in my life, like people that don't really get the internet. Right. They'd, they'd be like reaching out to me on like Facebook Messenger and they'd be like, oh my God, that's so amazing that you're working with Billie Eilish, like, oh my God. And I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> so I was like, I, I don't like being in that situation anymore. Right. But that did like <laughs> jumpstart my TikTok. Like I ended up getting hundreds of thousands of followers from that. And then with those followers, when I did the Obi-Wan thing, I think that's probably what like really yeah. like blew it up. So, yeah. yeah. Good timing awesome. on that. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, we've reached the hour mark, essentially. Uh, it, before we maybe get a question or two, maybe any final words? Because um, I know uh, like as this was a huge event and a shared event in all of our lives. And I think um, to some degree, when we hit smaller events in our lives, we have to remember that we survived this. Mm -hmm. And I think in, that, that's just a good reminder as we hit like other bumps in our lives that we can survive that too, um, even, even though they may feel unsurvivable. So I'm wondering if, you know, kind of moving forward, um, if there is like uh, something that you've learned specifically that, might, that you might take from this and other situations that might feel uh, insurmountable at the moment when they occur. Yeah, we can just go down the line. Or we can start at the other side if we want to mix it up. Fine. All right. uh, well, yeah, so for me, just uh, I, I feel like um, the pandemic kind of, uh, obviously, everyone had nothing but just time on their hands. And it allowed me, like I believe Earl mentioned, kind of to allow me to reflect on kind of what made me happy and like just do uh, an internal search and just kind of reconnect with yourself. So. I guess uh, if anything um, that I can say that came out of it is just to just find those things that just make you happy. And, um, and for me as well, it was just I was so focused on what I was trying to do with my career that just um, you know having goal, having a goal or goals and working towards that and just sticking with it, the routine and just having something to work towards were really helpful. So those, I guess, would be my two tidbits if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're feeling overwhelmed. Just happiness and something to work towards. I think uh, structure, really, at the end of the day, um, goes a long way. Yeah, I would say, um, I was going to almost say that exact thing, but I'll, I'll add on to it okay. and <laughs> say that um, work begets work. Okay, so, and I mean this in like a very positive way. So, all right, so I wanna be an actor and there's no acting jobs. Oh, just create something. And that's, that wasn't easy, like, you know what I mean? And I don't have all the answers, but here's like something I can do today that makes me happy in some way that I can put myself out there and try to connect with people in a way that feels authentic to me and my background and what I love. And, and, and there's, if you like something in a certain way and have an opinion on it, likely there are people out there who do too. And that's all, you don't need millions and millions of people listening or following. You need like, you don't even need that. You don't need anybody listening. Just if it's making you happy, then that's great. And you just never know if one day you're gonna put yourself out there on like one video and then six months from then someone's gonna say, can we video you riding this roller coaster? And then six months from then, would you be interested in hosting this travel show? You know what I mean? Like whatever it is, like work begets work and whatever little thing that you can do today might help your big picture later on and if it makes you happy on top of that then do it life is too short seriously how many people did we lose during this pandemic we're the lucky ones to have survived it and made it here we're here live at la comic con it's amazing so just like enjoying every single day like or else like what's the point as ben and jerry say if it's not fun why do it
<laughs> good, good words. Nice. So, like that last one. Um, I learned through the pandemic, if it ever happens again, don't ever date during the pandemic. It was the worst experience. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's right. Uh, no, honestly, when when I went through the pandemic, I would say, looking back, uh, happiness is like definitely the trend that we all have in common here. Uh, I am very fortunate to be okay and alive during the pandemic. There were some family members that did not make it. Um, one of them is my grandmother, who uh, wasn't from the um, from the uh, from COVID nineteen, but she passed during the pandemic, and I wasn't able to see her because of the restrictions of the, the hospitals. But um, it really builds an appreciation. It was a mark to know that, like you said, life is extremely short. Uh, make your mark, make your mark wherever it is. If it's something that you like to do and you are now at this point post pandemic thinking about doing it, do it. I mean, we're here. <laughs> I mean, uh, we all here, these amazing panelists with me, uh, we, we persevere just like all of you and um, don't, if we did it during that time and we're just normal, regular <laughs> dudes and girls, uh, then just, do it like don't don't delay it um i would say this is the biggest lesson i took from it just do what you love and don't let up don't don't stop just keep going for the goal that's great i mean that is really great i mean every, you guys had probably covered it the best i'll probably just leave with the I guess a final quote here it's the do or do not there is no try so good one <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> have fun with that one kai <laughs> Oh, I guess I got to wrap this up in a nice little bow. Um, I would say that passion is purpose. And I think that something that was the, the silver lining of the pandemic was that it broke up the monotony of life and it really let people slow down and say, what do I want this life to be for me? And um, so I think always just like, find your passion and your passion will be your purpose and sharing your passion with people is always going to go good places like i in my experience sharing my passion of star wars or sharing my you know passion of comedy on tiktok like just sharing your passions people want to see that and they want to listen awesome awesome i'll i'll throw in at the end there uh, one thing that I learned that I'm going to take with me is not to be so hard on myself on the days that I can't get that stuff done. Mm. I think mm -hmm. we have to be forgiving of ourselves yeah. when we're unable to function, because <laughs> there was a lot of that too. Um, so uh, um, yeah, I think uh, maybe one, maybe two questions. Is there any, or maybe an experience that uh, maybe you think might add to what we've already said uh, from the audience? Yeah, no, I uh, know neither of my podcasts are monetized. It's everything else that got monetized because I had the podcast as like my baseline thing. I'll just be totally real. I make no money off my podcast, off the, off the theme park ads. What I did get from the theme park ads though was access, okay? So now because I have a podcast, I can reach out to people and say, hey, do you want me to come and review the Hilton over by Disneyland and let people know whether or not this is a good hotel for them to stay at? Now I have three nights free at Hilton. They like my videos and they say hey guess what we want you to come back and now we're going to pay for you to do it as well you know what i mean so just again that's why i was saying too like whatever it is like you're good at if you know how to record if you know how to edit something whatever and can just even put that out there there, there is monetization that can happen also tiktok has a creator fund that was helpful to me during the pandemic but you know whatever it is like putting that out there and then you know also doing those reach out on top of it that's but yeah, no, and then and Ace is a 501c3, so there's no money in that. <laughs> but I get on more coasters because of them, which is the go. best. <laughs> That's your answer. There's no money. Yeah, yeah. I hope that helps. But there, but there can be, but there can be. But yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I started a podcast too during lockdown, and it was more so I didn't feel alone. Um, any other questions or uh, real life experiences? No. No? All right, well, then let's hear where we can find everybody uh, as we go down here on social media. Uh, yeah, well, I make mine easy. I'm on um, Instagram, and all my social media is under uh, SoCal Armstrong. So, and then, um, yeah, on LinkedIn, it's uh, Michael S. Armstrong if you were trying to find me there. Uh, my acting stuff is under actor Jessica Gardner. I think like Jennifer Gardner, but not Jessica Gardner. So actor Jessica Gardner is my acting. And then theme parkettes on TikTok and the theme parkettes 
on Instagram because someone took. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at Damien with an A underscore DeCarlo and then uh, makingageek.com. You'll find me there with all my shenanigans. Nice. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's Hey Earl Lawrence and also Earl.Lags. And also for podcasting, any podcast streaming, you could find us at Retro Game Night. Um, you can find me at kaipattersonfilms.com uh, or kaipattersonfilms on pretty much all social media except for Twitter. It couldn't fit, so it was Kai Patterson Cut. Uh, and then I just recently launched a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo for my next short film. Um, it's a Twilight Zone inspired cautionary tale. Um, so I, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> I encourage everybody to check it out. Uh, you can also find that on my website. Cool. And I'm uh, at Philip Creates pretty much everywhere, including Venmo. <laughs> and, uh, you can find my podcast, uh, Popsicle Pod, P O P S K L. Wait, P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you to our panelists. Thanks for coming out, guys. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your con. Thank you.